0: How y'all doing? You doing good? Awesome. Well, I'm Pastor Dan, and I'm, I'm, I got this message this morning I just think is so important for us, and we're going to go through some scripture to kind of set this up, and then we're going to uh, dive right into it. Um, the title of this message, um, and before you get yourself all worked up, the title of this message today is A Powerless Jesus. A Powerless Jesus, and I'll make sense of that here in a little bit. Um, but we're going to dive right into the Word of God and, and start going through these scriptures because I want to establish a trend, if we can, and then I'm going to, we're going to try to poison someone this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> <Sounds fun. Yeah. laughs> kind of messed up people, are you? It was like all positive responses. No one tried to talk me out of it. I was like, yeah, let's try to poison somebody. I haven't actually, I picked them in the first service. I haven't picked this one yet. We'll pick somebody fun to try to poison. Um, Aaron? No, we're not going to poison Aaron. Yeah, she's got the potion. Um, No, so we're going to try to poison somebody like I promised, and uh, we'll do our best, and hopefully we'll get to see something fun, all right? Uh, Romans 6.14, it says this. It says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace. Romans 11.6 says this, But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. You see, if you add just 1% works to the equation of grace, it's no longer grace. Just a little bit of law ruins and nullifies the power of grace. John 1.17 says this, for the law was given through Moses Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Now that's an entirely different message, but I, I want to speak on that in a couple of weeks, uh, because the law was never God's intention for us. How many of you know that? Romans 5:20: The law came in so that the transgression you can substitute sin, iniquity, whatever you want there would increase. How many of you know where the law is? Sin increases. Transgression increases, iniquity increases, immorality increases. That is a weak amen. Y'all thought the law fixed it. The law actually increases transgressions. That's what it says. But where sin increased, da da da, the hero, grace abounds more. So where sin is increasing, grace is there. It abounds more. I I, want to set this up for you because if you start reading, especially through the New Testaments, especially Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, you're going to find all of these scriptures that talk about and deal with law and grace. And it's a subject that I've been talking about for years now. And and it's it's one of these things where it has an amazing ability to creep up on you where you think uh, you're living you're, uh, according to a grace, mindset, lifestyle, the spirit of what Christ has done. But law has an amazing ability every day to creep up on us and begin to poison our minds. And I want to demonstrate that to you here in a moment. Um, Galatians 5.4 is kind of the crux of my entire message this morning. It says, you have been severed from Christ, you who have sinned. No. You have been severed from Christ, you who have a record. You who have issues with your children or a spouse. You who have a past. That's what we preach. We preach that sin separates people, God from people, us from God. That's not what it says here. It says you have been severed from Christ because you, are you who are seeking to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. The King James Version says this. It says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. He has become powerless in your life when you try to justify yourself according to the law. There is no justification in the law. There is only justification through his blood. And his blood plus nothing. Plus nothing. So we want to demonstrate this this morning. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Pick somebody from over here last time. Who do we want to poison? No, if you're eager to be poisoned, I don't think I want you up here, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) who do I want to poison Ashley how about you Jessica come on Jessica Barnes Pat has never been happier. How's your life insurance, Pat? (laughs) I've been waiting for this day for a long time. This is why Erin's your boss. (laughs) She would never poison you. John Wood? So this is a delicious cranberry juice that's been sitting in my pantry for about four years. It is expired. Actually, it's not as expired as I thought it was, but it's expired. We're going to take some cranberry juice there. I know it's been in there a long time. I told you. the real thing. You know what like. It's, it's the real thing, right? It's not water. I mix a mean cocktail. I'm telling you that right now. That is mean. Are you interested in taking it, do you want to make Pat's day and take a drink of this? (laughs) Are you sure? All right, I I get that. It's a little bit over the top, but maybe we'll just uh, add a little more. Let's add a little bit. It's a little more diluted. I mean, you're almost cranberry juice there for the most part. Jessica, would you like to take a sip of this? Are you sure? Because, well, I get it, I get it. It's still pretty discolored, but what if we just take a little bit of leaven? It's pretty, it doesn't even smell like Roundup anymore. It smells like cranberry juice, very old, musty cranberry juice. It's it's just a little bit to get rid of those pesky weeds that we don't want anyone to see or notice in our garden. Just a little bit's not going to hurt you, Jessica. Let me talk you into this. Look at this face. This is a face you can trust. I will sell you this used car. It's never been wrecked. Would <laughs> you like a sip? Are you sure? How about a smell? It smells pretty good, right? Can you give Jessica a hand for me? Will you do that? If you read four verses later, after it says that we've been severed from Christ, it says that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. That just a little bit of yeast starts the fermentation process and it cannot be reversed. Just a little bit, 99.9% pure, but with one drop, it ruins it. It ruins it. We can live our lives according to what Jesus has done for us and just add 0.01% of our own performance, ability, works, and effort, and we ruin, we cause Christ to be of no effect in our lives. We render the sacrifice of Jesus powerless the minute we think we've got this. Interesting thing about, um, if you read, if you read Galatians 5, um, He gets pretty mad when he's writing this. He actually gets to the point where he says, the people that are coming in, that are introducing the law, I wish they would just mutilate themselves. That's how mad he gets. Because he realizes how destructive that one drop in this beautiful Slightly old, but beautiful glass of 100% cranberry juice is Just one drop is so destructive in the lives of those that he's writing to, in the church that he's writing to, in the people, in the community. He realizes that one drop is so destructive that he says, the people that are introducing these, 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 little, these little tidbits of the law back into the message of grace that are polluting and poisoning it, that it's so destructive that I wish they would go mutilate themselves. How angry he is about it. Because he understands the destructive nature of the law. You know, the company that makes this, it used to be called Monsanto. You all heard of that before? Everyone's like, oh, Monsanto is terrible. Well, they're not Monsanto anymore. In June of 2018, they were bought out by a company called Bayer. Yes, the people that make your aspirin, the ones that are so concerned with your health and well being. They bought out Monsanto. They changed really nothing. They just repackaged it. Mm, It sounds like the modern church. I'm going to go there. Is that okay if I go there this morning? For all of you that are watching live on Facebook, this would be a great time to share with your friends. He'll give you something to talk about around the water cooler. We have repackaged This thing that everybody knew was destructive and poisonous, we have repackaged it, we have changed the branding, we have changed the packaging, we may have changed the language on it, it's no longer the same company that evil gets. We've changed maybe everything about it to make it look natural and clean and and no problem for the environment, and we've changed. But at the end of the day, it's still poison. We can mask it any way we want. I can pour this Roundup into a glass or a shoe, and at the end of the day, the vessel that's carrying it doesn't matter. It's still poisonous. Yeah. And I'm gonna go a step further. The church has done this. I don't even know if I should say it. Jim Rusha said say it, and he's one of the pastors here, so that's one vote. We have repackaged the law by perverting the word holiness, righteousness, sanctification. We have perverted those words and used them to slip the law in there to control people because we think that that temporary pesky little weed in their garden that needs to be taken care of, that temporary, let's get this out because it's unsightly and unclean. In the church, we like everything so clean and neat. We don't like our little messes. We don't like the weeds creeping up. We don't like the unsightly things, so we don't want to deal with them. So we whip out just enough of the law to take care of that little weed so we're not embarrassed as the body of Christ. And so that weed gets taken care of, but what's happening is the soil is being poisoned but we don't do it like that we don't, we don't get up in service and, uh, you know, and, and have a call to the altar and say come up here so we can put you under the law we make Christ for holiness which of you want to live holy well we all want to live holy and if we could leave, live holy on our own we wouldn't need Jesus well we all want to live righteous lives if we could do it on our own we wouldn't need Jesus But the minute you think that your holiness, your righteousness, your sanctification has anything to do with you, you are missing the point of the gospel that is found in the blood that dripped from his side down the cross of Calvary. And I'm telling you, you render him of no effect and powerless in your life. I see this, I said this in the first verse, I've seen this in so many people throughout the years, and, and for whatever reason, you know, we've been called to all sorts of people, the ins and outs, the ups, the downs, the rich, the poor, and we've got some people with some pasts. Boy, if you got a record, you somehow end up here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we are like a defense attorney's just like dream, like this is a networking event he would never leave or she would never leave, right, It's, people have, they come here with their past and and I've watched this happen, mom and dad, you've watched it for years, I know, but they they come here and in that moment where they encounter the beautiful, undeserved grace of God, they see it, they experience it, they know in that moment, they know I don't deserve what I'm getting right now because I know what I've done, I've seen it, the the judges told me, this is my last chance. I, I've disappointed my family, my children, everybody around me. In this moment, I don't deserve it, but God, your grace is sufficient to yeah. save me. But for some reason, from that point forward, a progression happens. Yeah. I've seen it. And Aaron, I, I'm going to say it's, it's, it's about the year mark, maybe the 14-month mark. And I know you've seen it, where that passion in their eyes goes dim. Where faith becomes about works. Where, where, where they're, they're, Jim, you too, you've seen it. Where, where it's no longer that, that moment, that undeserved grace that was poured out that set them free when they didn't know up from down. Now all of a sudden I can do it. I've been good for a year. I've been good for 14 months. Thank you, Jesus. I've got it from here. And you can say, well, maybe you don't say that completely, but just one drop of that. That self-assuredness, that self-dependency ruins the whole thing. This idea that we would not be fully 100% dependent on the cross. And I see it happen, and, and then they repeat the cycle, and it's funny because, not funny, it's sad, but it, it, it happens almost like clockwork. It's like, it's like, we, we have somebody who's been down and out and has the world against them, and something happens miraculous in their life. And we participate as a church, and the Harvest House does an amazing job, or maybe it wasn't somebody that even came into Harvest House, but their lives are turned around, and everything's amazing, and it's wonderful, and it's great. And we make videos about them, and we say, Look at this shining, beautiful gem and example. And then three months later, somebody tells me, They're not doing well. What happened? Just a drop. You know, what they've done is they've, they've, not just with the weed killer, but the same company through some of the same genetic um, modifications, they, they've actually created plants and species of plants that are pest resistant another unsightly thing we don't want to deal with, so that they wouldn't have pests that would naturally feast on them. The problem is this, is that those plants, the majority of them have become sterile, where they don't actually produce fruit. So the seeds, they'll produce fruit, but that fruit doesn't produce fruit. So the seeds within that tomato or within that green pepper, you can't plant that in the ground and get a plant. It's actually dealing with a temporary problem and, and creating an eternal death in that crop and then it poisons the soil. So not only that plant, but things you plant behind it are now poisoned. And get this, boy, this will preach. The people that are eating that stuff or stuff that's had Roundup come near it, they're now suing in huge uh, class action lawsuit. Do you know what the problem is? It's creating cancer. Do you know what kind of cancer? Not tumors. Cancer of the blood. Y'all just gonna have to preach this to yourself, okay? It's creating abnormal cells in the blood, like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma being one of them. If you look it up, just Google, why are people suing Roundup or Monsanto? It'll say, what kind of cancer? Blood cancers is the first thing that pops up. Come on, this is something to really get in our system. Just a drop. Just the fumes, somebody was mad at me earlier because I didn't bottle it up. I guess I'll put the cap on it. They said, just the fumes. And uh, one of the girls in the front row, she said, said, don't even open that in here. And I said, that's prophetic right there. We don't even want to open the container that's stored. Come on, works and law and personal performance in this place. This is what they said, they said, we've been expecting that Bayer would drop the Monsanto name because the company has a poor reputation, but unless they shed Monsanto's destructive products and business practices too, the Bayer name will become synonymous with environmental and public health disaster. Do you know what the uh, slogan is, the motto of Monsanto? Growth for a better world. a world where fruits no longer produce fruit, where soil is poisoned, all because we're concerned with the unsightly things, the messy things that might pop up. Listen, if you leave here today and go to another church and it isn't messy, leave that stinking church. Three of you, three of you understand that. You two ladies and Kate, and you, four. I'm going to tell you on Facebook, if you go to a church and it's clean and neat and sweet and you leave there, and you're just thinking, "Ah, just everyone just so wonderful there. Leave that church. Because there is some roundup taking care of those weeds. There is some poison dealing with those pests, because where there is the blood of Jesus, I'm telling you it's going to get messy. Come on, people are going to come with their problems and issues and their weeds and their pests and their whatever, and it's going to be messy. Listen, if I had a nickel for every time in the last three years, somebody in our community said, what is going on at Harvest? We would be so rich, I couldn't even take. what those people have lost their minds. We have lost our minds. You know why? Because we are not content to let millions, millions of people die without knowing that God is good and His grace is sufficient for every one of their needs. So we might get a little crazy and extreme, but I am willing to get crazy and extreme to tell people that Jesus loves them right where they're at and they never need to go back to poison. There's people at home right now that were in church a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it may be, that have left the church because of one reason or another. And I'm not talking about ours. I'm talking about the church globally. We have an entire community of people who have left the walls of a church because they were fed up with somebody spitting poison at them to control the unsightly things and not deal with the root issue, which is that he has come and he has set us free. Do you know, what actually says that it's for freedom that he set us free right. for the sake of freedom, that he loves freedom so much that he set us free. They yeah. were like, well, what are you doing with that freedom? Well, I, I read this quote earlier and it hit me right between the eyes. It says we're so we are much more concerned about someone abusing his freedom than we are about his guarding it. You think Jesus is more concerned with somebody abusing his freedom or him guarding the freedom that his son paid for on the cross? Jesus didn't come and die on the cross because so, he was worried about abusing the freedom he was going to give you. He came that he would guard the freedom, that he would pay the price for your freedom so that you could be free. Why? Because he's not interested in a relationship birthed out of a hostage situation. Let me hold the gun of the law to your head, and now you're gonna love me, buddy. Because if you don't, I'm taking you out. No, he set us free, he satisfied, fulfilled the law. Offered us grace. Why? So we could enter into a beautiful, romantic relationship with a God who loves us right where we're at and we can get to know him and absorb and understand his characteristics and become everything that we were intended to be out of relationship. God actually trusts that you will be passionate enough about him that he doesn't have to control you. ever been in a situation where you just wish somebody would text you or wish somebody would call you, wish somebody would reach out to you, somebody you're interested in, and and then you gotta like create an issue or a problem for them to reach out? Come on, let's be honest with each other. How many anxiety attacks can you have in one day, right? This is the sixth one. But the other seven people don't know, right? It's like, I'm really not doing well today. Just please help me, right? Do we really want our relationship to look like that? If you read the Galatians 5 forward, another translation, it says, law righteousness has nothing in common with grace righteousness. They are opposites as impossible as it is for anyone to travel in two opposite directions at the same time. Equally irrelevant, Christ becomes to anyone who continued to pursue righteousness under the law. So if I bring Jessica back up here, which I'm not gonna do to her. Yeah, well, why not? Come on, Jessica, we have a challenge for you. We would like you to run left and right at the same time. No, 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 at the same time, not alternating. Come on, you wouldn't drink that. You could at least do a step. I'm just going to sit down and wait. I, I'm too, too good at it, and I don't want to mess up. I'm just kidding. It's impossible to go both directions at the same time. You actually can't. You can't. There is no mixture. And one drop of this thing that we think is taking care of a temporary problem actually produces death. You say, Pastor Dan, where is that found in the scriptures? I'm glad you asked. Let me read this to you. Throw this on the screen, Romans 7. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God for while we were in the flesh the sinful passions which were aroused by the law what i thought grace gives people the freedom and arouses sinful passions in them sinful passions are aroused the law's supposed to curb that it's not what it says While we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. Mm. Folks, I'm going to say this to you. We have, you know, we often blame the enemy, the enemy this, the enemy that. We've done it to ourselves so many times as the body of Christ where we see that pretty red tomato sitting on the vine without any pests, without any weeds, and it's shiny and beautiful, but it has no life inside of it. And we will consume it, but it's empty and void of life. And I, I wanna say this to you, there's a lot of the body of Christ that has turned to that because it's pretty, it's shined up, it's cute. It's, yeah, it's safe, there's no weeds, no pests. Look how well it grew, nothing bothered it. It's not messy, you don't have to get your hands dirty. It's just there and we consume it, but there's no life in it. It actually produces death. It actually poisons our blood. And over time, our blood takes on disease. And the very thing God put inside of us to make us live is now creating something that's trying to kill us. Just one drop, just one bit of leaven. I'm going to end with this, Galatians 2:21. I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. We leave here this morning. I want us to know this: we are holy because of Him. We are righteous because of Him. We are sanctified because of Him. We are priests, we are sons, we are daughters because of him. 100%, not 99.9 plus our 0.1%. It's all because of him. And the minute we think it has something to do with us, we drop a little poison. And just like today, she wouldn't drink that. The girl in the first service, she wouldn't drink that. Nobody would come up here and drink this that's in their right mind. If you drink it, we're going to check you in. No one would knowingly poison themselves unless they really need attention. No one would knowingly poison themselves, but yet we poison ourselves all the time because it cleans, makes our little messy situations seem cleaner. But if you want life, if you want the river of God to flow, if you want Christ to be effective and powerful and not powerless in your life, leave that out. Learn to deal with the mess. Learn to be comfortable in the mess because it gets messy. There's never been a revival throughout history that wasn't messy. It gets messy. So if things are messy around here, it's a good sign. (laughs) If things are messy in your life, it's probably a good sign. It's a great opportunity for you to fall face first, wide open arms into him and everything he's done. Come on, put down your own ability, put down what you think you can accomplish and embrace what he did on the cross of Calvary. And I promise you, I promise you, You will never find yourself in a situation where like the scripture says, Christ died needlessly or he has become of no effect or he is powerless. Let's engage with the powerful Christ that is inside of us who paid 100% of the price, who is 100% pure and let's not introduce a single drop of the law, works, performance. Amen? Amen. We love you, bless you.